how many ways is God good to us? I mean, it's so many ways, it's impossible to count the ways. We quoted already, the Lord is good, and His mercy endures forever. Our good Father, our good God is a giver. He so loved the world that He gave His Son. And along with the Son, how shall he not also with Him, with Jesus being given, freely give us all things? Because in Him is everything that you'll ever need. And so our good Father, our good Shepherd, He is a giver. He said, it is my great pleasure to give you the kingdom. And then he said, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness is a good gift from our good God, the great shepherd of the sheep. Peace that passes all understanding that this world knows nothing about is a gift. A good night's sleep tonight is the gift of God. The joy of the Lord in the midst of an anemic, weakened world stooped over by the spirit of this age. The joy of the Lord strengthening you is a real gift. It's a gift of God. How many ways is God good to us? Correction is good. I've needed to be corrected before many times by the Lord. And it doesn't seem pleasant at the time. But you know what? He does it for our good. So that we may be partakers of His holiness. What the Lord spoke to me yesterday is this. He talked about that correction, amen, will enable His protection to stay intact. Amen? And that as we yield and we make the adjustments that are so needed in our lives, as we make those adjustments, that correction will never, ever, if acted upon, He'll never remove His hedge of protection from us. Because He's so good to us. Amen. And so we're winding down on this 23rd Psalm where He said in verse 6, He said that surely goodness and mercy... And loving kindness, they're following me all the days in my life. I can't think of a time in the past that he hadn't been good to me. I can't think of a time currently that he hadn't been good to me. And I just know, because my Redeemer liveth, and my Good Shepherd is so good, I know my future is bright. Amen. And he'll be good to you all the days of your life. And you will dwell in the house of the Lord. Come on now. You're going to dwell in his house. Oh, forever and ever. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, we looked at several scriptures this morning with the word seek in it. If you look at Psalms 34, it says, though that Those that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. If you seek a good God, your good shepherd will give you good things. 
And there is a connection between seeking Him and being reverencing, reverencing Him. And I saw something yesterday as I was studying about the word seek. It means to look for. It means to follow after. It means to go on a quest. It means to reach for. We are to seek the Lord. And Jesus said, He that seeketh findeth. And I've discovered, and I know that you have too, that whatever you look for, whatever you reach for, and whatever you find, whatever you, whatever you seek for, you will find. You will find what you seek for. You will discover what you look for. Now listen, both good and bad. That is why we must look for the good in one another. Every one of us have idiosyncrasies. Every one of us have hang-ups. You hang around me, me long enough, you'll see things that, you know, the boy needs prayer. And vice versa. I mean, it's just the way humanity is. But why settle in on the bad? Let's settle in on the good. He who began a good work in you. He will complete it. He will perform it. Until the day he returns, it's your father's good pleasure to work in your life and to bring to pass his will and his plan for you and in you and through you. What I seek, I'm going to find. Wouldn't it be awesome if husbands and wives looked for the good in one another? Wouldn't it be awesome if in the body of Christ, We begin to discern one another and see the good in one another. Amen. You look for the bad, you'll find it. Be very careful about when your body starts hurting, going, ouch, what is that? That's a dangerous question. The devil will bring his list out. Tonight, we want to take this a few steps further. You ready? Yeah. I want us to look at a few scriptures this evening. Look with me at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 through 21. And we're going to look in the Amplified Version. And we're going to stick with this theme about the gospel that the Good Shepherd brings to us is a gospel of good news. It is not a gospel of bad news. You cannot be in the Word and get bummed out. I've never gone to the Word and tasted and seen that the Lord is bad. But I have gone to the Word and I've tasted and I've seen that the Lord is so very good. And now this gospel is good news. It's good news. And not only is it good news, but it contains within it the power to bring to pass what this good news says. Now notice in 2 Corinthians 5, reading from the Amplified, verse 18. But all things are of God, who through Jesus Christ reconciled us to himself, received us into favor, brought us into harmony with himself, gave to us the ministry of reconciliation, that by word and deed we might aim to bring others into harmony with him. So the world is out of harmony with him, and one of our aims is to bring them into harmony. And this is our message It was God personally present in Christ, reconciling, restoring the world to favor with himself, 
not counting up and holding against men their trespasses, but canceling them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation and of the restoration of favor. So then we are Christ's ambassadors. God making his appeal, as it were, through you and me. We as Christ's personal representatives beg you for his sake to lay hold of this divine favor offered to you and be reconciled to God. It is men and women's choice whether they will be reconciled or not. God takes no delight in seeing men and women go to hell. And that is one of the major questions in a lot of people's minds. How could a good God send people to hell? He doesn't. They send themselves because it's not his choice. It's their choice. Thank God we have a choice. What do you say? We choose life. And so what I see here then tonight is the gospel is not bad news it's good news. Here's what Romans says. He said, whoever is going to call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And he says, how shall then they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? Say it with me. I'm sent. I'm an ambassador. Now notice, it says... That when we obey this great commission, when we go with the message of love and not condemnation and legalism, but a message of love lifting people out of darkness, bringing them into light, the scripture says this, that we, that our feet are beautiful. Look at your feet and say, I got beautiful feet. See, some of you thought your feet stunk, but no, they're beautiful. How beautiful are the feet of them, now notice, that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. The Amplified says, good news of his good things. Good news. Good news. Jesus is alive and well. Good news. Good news. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Good news. Good news. He's the savior of your soul, the healer of your body, the restorer of paths to dwell in. He is your all and all. Good news. Good news. Good news. Good news. Good news. The gospel is good news. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he's anointed me. It's good news that you're anointed as well. Yes. Say with me, I'm anointed. I'm anointed. For his anointing, his anointing abides in me. Abides. Because he's anointed me to preach. Now notice, this good news, this gospel to the poor. He has anointed me to preach healing to those that are broken in their heart. To preach deliverance to the captives. And recovering of sight to the blind. And to set at liberty those that are bruised. Thank you, Lord. What brings men and women out of darkness? The good news. good news. What brings people up out of sickness and disease? The good news. 
What brings people out of poverty and being broke and busted and disgusted? It's the good news. And this is the gospel that must be preached. This is the gospel that we believe. This is the gospel that is being preached from the top of this globe to the bottom of this globe and all around the world. This gospel, he says, shall be preached unto all nations. And then the end will come. Hallelujah. So, what is it then? And I I know that the Spirit of the Lord will sometimes anoint a preacher to be very matter-of-fact, but only matter-of-fact under the anointing. And I know that sometimes he'll have a preacher warn people, like we warned a few people today. Don't know who they were? The Spirit of the Lord anointed me to do that? And I do realize and understand this, that sin has a high price, right? And so those of us who are in Christ should not be dabbling with it or living in it. We should be walking in the Spirit, not fulfilling the lust of the flesh, walking in holiness, pursuing God so that we can see God. Amen. And so, you know, there will be those types of messages. But by and large, my brothers and sisters, what needs to be preached is the gospel of good news. And it is good news. That if you've gone astray, you can come back. But here's what I want to say to you tonight. That it is the goodness of God. It's the goodness of God that's going to lead men and women to repentance. It's the goodness of God. That's going to bring people out of lifestyles that they're so bound in. It's the goodness of God that's going to bring Muslims out of that bondage of religion and that spirit that holds them in bondage. It's the goodness of God that's going to bring them out. You know, whoever has an ear to hear will have the opportunity to hear. Whoever has a heart that would open, God will get in there some way, somehow. Not necessarily the radical ones. Not the people that are just so hell-bent on destroying America. But there's a lot of people whose hearts hunger and thirst for the truth. And if we'll live our lives in honor and glory to Him, they'll see His goodness in our lives and they can be turned and they can come to Him. Say with me, the goodness of God. It's leading men, and it's leading people to repentance. Hallelujah. What's got the power to turn a life around? The good news. The gospel of Jesus Christ. And there's such a a perversion among people that live out of this, intellectualism. And religion often deals in the head knowledge and no heart knowledge. Oftentimes religion has a bent toward what they think and what they have been taught. It's like someone once said, Grandma taught it and I bought it. Well, people by the millions have been taught things that have not been scriptural and they bought into it simply because a person had their collar turned around backwards. Or simply because they had a fish on their book. 
or simply because they had some sort of theological training. Listen, I don't care whether it's me, Pastor Tom, Brother George, my dear wife Brenda, that says it. If it doesn't line up with the Word of God, you don't have to buy into it. It's not what thus saith Mark that matters. It's what thus saith the Lord that matters. And so we must know what the Lord is saying. Good is a God word. Good in the beginning. God saw everything that he made. And it was good. Don't you know he got a glimpse of Maui and he said, hmm, that's good. It's one of his favorite words because it really describes who he really is. The psalmist said this. He said, you are good and you do good. So teach me your statutes. Now, here's a great rule of thumb and it almost seems so elementary. And you've heard it so many times, but I think we need to hear it again. Because we need to be able to identify what's good and what's bad. Amen. Let's look at John 10.10. And and don't think you know this verse so well. John, the 10th chapter. And notice with me in verse 10. Talks about the thief. The thief is not the good shepherd. The good shepherd comes in the right way. The thief comes in another way. So he says, the thief cometh not but for to what? Okay, let's get it right now. The thief cometh not but for what? But why did you come, Jesus? I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Now, here's the equation, class. God equals good. Say that with me. God equals good. Okay. The other side of the equation, equation, devil equals bad. Got it? God is good. Devil is bad. Anytime that people are trying to figure out if God is behind something, just think of that equation. Was it good or was it bad? Take 9-11, for example. Let's go back to 9-11, just for a minute. Listen, steal stolen planes. Kill killed people. Destroyed destroyed buildings. 9-11 was not the judgment of God on America. Katrina was not the judgment of God on Katrina. Listen, if God was going to judge America, he'd have judged them all. It was a diabolical, demonic attack from the pit of hell. Designed to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Now, here's what happens, and I know it doesn't happen with you, but it happens by the multitudes of people. Anytime folks can't figure something out, they attribute it to, well, it must have been an act of God. 
I mean, that tornado came along and blew down my house. That just must have been an act of God. You know, insurance companies, they can't explain it. So they put under there in small print, covers everything but an act of God. An act of God? God's not the destroyer. God's not out blowing people's homes down. God's out giving them the money to build new ones. And then, you know, at funerals, well, bless God. You know, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And the Lord needed, you know, this wonderful person in his garden in heaven. And the Bible says, woe unto the people that call evil good. Woe unto the people that call evil good and good evil and that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. I'm here to tell you tonight that God and the devil have not swapped jobs. Hurricanes are not of God. They're not good. Tornadoes and earthquakes are not of God. They're not good. So whatever you can identify as good, you know it's God. Say it with me. It's God when good things are happening. Now, how many of you know that some of the food that we eat have been genetically altered? And why do they genetically alter food? They genetically alter produce sometimes. Why do they do that? Because they're trying to improve it. And that happens with Scripture sometimes. People have taken what's true and distorted it and produced something different from its original form. Figuratively speaking, man's ideas have genetically altered the Bible. God is not an opinion. So why is it that believers are so fragmented all over the place? Why is it that this denomination believes this and this denomination believes that and all of this? Because they've been reading a genetically altered Bible. They have read it trying to fit their opinions, come on, into it rather than just looking at what the B-I-B-L-E really says. We don't need a bunch of commentary out of intellectual religious minds. What we need is Christ, the hope of glory, the anointed one, and His anointing setting our mindset for us. Amen? Well, some people say, well, this is what I think, and this is what I think. It don't matter what you think. Well, I just believe it. It really don't matter what you believe. What matters is what does the Bible say? Now, if you can get your thinking in line with the Bible, not the Bible in line with your thinking, that's a big difference there. If you can put on the mind of Christ and renew your mind according to the Word of God and think the thoughts of God, then you're on the right track. 
Look at your neighbor and say, I'm on the right track. I'm following the right one. Hallelujah. Blessed be the Lord God, who daily loads us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. Bless the Lord, O my soul. All that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Bless you, Lord, that you have forgiven me of every stinking sin. You've healed me of every stinking disease. Thank you, Lord, that you crowned me with loving kindness and tender mercies. Whoo, glory to God. That's something to get happy about. I'm going to live my life on the happy side of life. I'm going to do it. I ain't going to go hide in some sort of a cave, hoard up tribulation food. Amen. We're going to have too much revival to be tribulating. What do you do in the midst of tribulation? You rejoice. Why? Because you know what the Word says. He said, rejoice. Because I've already overcome the world. Glory to God. Amen. Yeah. Now let's close with a couple of thoughts here. Turn with me quickly to Romans 15, verse 13 and 14. Romans 15, verse 13 and 14. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Notice this. Now may the God of hope fill you with what? All joy. All joy. And what? In believing that you may abound in hope through what? Through the power of the Holy Ghost. You know, the Holy Ghost will get involved in your expectation if you'll invite him to. Now notice the next verse, verse 14. And I myself am also persuaded of you, my brethren, that ye also are full of goodness. <laughs> Amen. Not full of hamburgers and hot dogs. No, we're full of goodness. Now, think about it. Is not goodness a fruit of the Spirit? Yeah. Has not God placed His goodness on the inside of you, Blanche? Just go like this and say it real strong. His goodness... Is on the inside of me. And God equates his goodness with his glory. <laughs> God equates his goodness with his glory. Now you also, brothers and sisters, are full of goodness, full of the glory of God, full of the Holy Ghost. Christ in you, the anointed one, and his anointing, the expectation of glory and goodness. Let's look at this verse again. That you also are full of goodness. And not only filled with goodness, but now that you have his goodness inside of you, you're filled with the knowledge of how to release that goodness. And because of this, you are able also to what? Admonish. admonish one another. Now, what does the word admonish mean? Does anyone know? Does anybody have a different translation? I'm asking. I'm not sure. Instruct in yours? 
counsel in another. Correct. Counsel. Okay. To teach. We could edify. We could build up. We could admonish. We could even encourage one another, right? Because we're so filled with the goodness of God. And listen, the Lord will lead you and guide you and show you how to be a blessing and to admonish a brother and sister in the Lord. Amen? Amen? So I wanted you to see this, number one, that we are filled and full of goodness. Amen. Now, look at Philemon. Look at Philemon. And we're going to look at verse 5 and verse 6. Philemon, verse 5 and verse 6. Hallelujah. We're going to end up in a firecracker tonight. Ooh, glory to God. Hallelujah. I feel like Ricky Edwards. I talked to Ricky the other day. You know, he ran for mayor and uh, he didn't win it. Probably a good thing that he didn't. Not that he wouldn't have done a good job, but you know, sometimes those things can take away from, you know, I, I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Uh, but anyway, I talked to Ricky and I said, now Ricky, I said, what you been preaching on Sunday morning? And he paused, he says, well, we haven't been, we've just been running and shouting and jumping. <laughs> just, just having revival, and I believe it, man. You say boo down there, and the poo! You got road runners running throughout that place, man. <laughs> what you've been preaching, I said. He said, well, we haven't been. We've been just shouting. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's good to come to church and just shout. Hallelujah. Shout unto God. With a voice of triumph. <laughs> well, anyway, that's how I feel tonight. I much prefer preaching Sunday night than I do Sunday morning. I'm much more awake. Hallelujah! And <laughs> so are the people. Philemon. Philemon. Verse 5 and verse 6. He said, Now hearing of your love and faith, your love and your faith will be heard of. Which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all his saints. So we're instructed then to have love for everyone and to use our faith for people. In verse 6, that the communication of your faith. So that settles something right there. We have faith. The communication of your faith. May it become effectual. Jerry Savelle preached many years ago that the word effectual means divinely energized. May it become divinely energized. Now notice, by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you, which is in Christ Jesus, your good shepherd. Your good shepherd lives on the inside of you, you're joined to the Lord and you become one spirit and your good shepherd says, I want you to begin to acknowledge and declare and open your mouth boldly about all those good things which are in you, 
which are in me. Hallelujah. There is a release, friends, of great power and great Holy Spirit energy when a person really is speaking forth from the pit of their belly. Out of the abundance of the heart, (laughs) the mouth is going to speak. That's why we should let the Word of God dwell in us richly and make sure we've got plenty on deposit on the inside. So when it's time to open your mouth and speak, you will speak the oracle of God. Devils will tremble and devils will run and sickness and disease will flee away and the goodness of the Lord shall be seen every day in your life. Amen? Say me every day. Every day. Now, I want you to notice verse 7 now. So acknowledge the good that's in you, not the bad that's all around you. Right? For we have great joy and consolation. Consolation is another word for encouragement or counsel. In thy love that you are extending to all the saints, because the bowels of the saints, or the the inward man, the hearts, that which is the innermost part of people's lives, the bowels of the saints are what? Listen, they're refreshed by you. Because you're so full of goodness, and you're so full of the Word, and full of the Spirit, and you've been acknowledging His goodness so much in your life, that you carry with you His goodness and His glory, and wherever you go, people are refreshed by the presence of God flowing from you and through you, because it's Him, the Good Shepherd. Ooh, hallelujah. Paul said, this one brother, he said, he oftentimes refreshed me. He oftentimes refreshed me. I can get around people that I just know that I'm going to be refreshed when I leave them. Why? Because there's something about the presence in their lives. Listen, friends, you've got a well of life springing up into you into everlasting life and you've got rivers of living refreshment you've got live rivers livers rivers of living goodness living water hallelujah that will refresh the most discouraged that will bring people that are down up That'll bring people that are despondent and so discouraged, it'll bring them into a place of supernatural, divine encouragement. For as sombre diste, for as you have been lifted, you've been called to lift others. And if you have, as you have experienced times of refreshing, it's now time for you the refreshing rivers of my goodness to flow through you, and refresh and bless those around you. Amen? Let's all stand to our feet. Praise the Lord. Whoo, honey, come on up here with me and help me out a little bit. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. Glory to God. Let's lift our hands and thank Him. I got a river of life flowing out of me. I'm filled with goodness. Filled with glory. Lord, may your glory flow through me all week long. Ambo sele paraneste. And this goodness and this glory can be stirred up on the inside of you by releasing faith-filled words and by praying much in the Holy Spirit and just lingering and waiting in the presence of Jehovah.